You're listening to Theology for the Rest of Us. You've got tough questions. We'll try to give you easy answers. Now, here's your host, Kenny Ortiz. Welcome, welcome in to another episode of Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm your host, Kenny Ortiz, coming at you from beautiful Orlando, Florida. Thanks for listening today. Big thanks to everyone that has subscribed to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or a TuneIn Radio or whatever podcasting catching app you're using. Thank you for being a subscriber. And also, big, big thanks to all of you who have left reviews, particularly those of you who have left a review on iTunes. There's been a bunch of you. I am deeply encouraged by that. I love the comments I've been getting. Um, and those reviews help us a lot. They they kind of drive us up the search rankings when people are searching on iTunes. So thank you a lot. If you like the podcast, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please head over to iTunes and leave a review if you have not done that. And uh, if you happen to be listening to this maybe in, in a forum outside of an app, like maybe you're on the website or you're on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and, and you you know found the podcast, I want to encourage you, can you head over to iTunes or Stitcher and actually subscribe? Uh, don't just stream it from the site. When you do that, it really helps kind of expand the footprint, the number of people that we can reach, and so that's a big, big deal. And it also makes sure that every episode it gets delivered directly to you, right? So if you if you stumbled upon an episode uh, and you found the and you found the podcast, you might not be able to stumble upon the others as they come out. But if you're subscribed, it guarantees that every episode comes right to you, and it helps us out a ton. Well, so today we're going to dive into a topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about God's affection for you. That's right. No matter who you are or what you've done, God has affection for you. God likes you. He delights in you. Even if you refuse to subscribe to this podcast and refuse to leave a review, he still likes you a lot. I promise he really does. God is crazy about you. He's nuts about you. It's, it's, this is an incredibly profound thought. It's, it's a simple thought and a simple truth, but it can have profound impact on our lives if we truly believe it. And we truly begin to embrace this. If you've been listening to the podcast, you've probably heard episode 30, uh, which I interviewed Mike Adams. He's a, a blogger and a podcaster. He has a great podcast called the Chief Sinner Podcast that uh, really has impacted my life. And some of his words and teachings have really resonated with me. And so I, I had him on the podcast a few episodes ago, episode 30. Mike and I talked about performance-based Christianity, you know, like what that really is and why it's so incredibly detrimental to our lives and to our faith. And uh, Mike gave some great wisdom, some great insights. If you haven't heard that episode, I want to highly encourage you, go back and check out episode 30. Um, and then also check out Mike's podcast, the Chief Sinner Podcast. I absolutely love it. And so uh, after after Mike and I were kind of done that, that podcast interview, him and I ended up just kind of hanging out and chatting on Skype for over an hour. It was really, really awesome. A lot of great wisdom from Mike. Some things he said really resonated with me. And uh, in the point of the conversation, I ended up asking him kind of why is it so hard for us to really believe that God has affection for us no matter what we do? You know, and, and I you know, I asked him kind of like, why is it so hard for us to really embrace grace? Why is it so hard for us to really dive in and believe that God's grace is available to us, that his affection is available to us? 
So I asked him that question, and then he gives a, a great answer, and then he just kind of went off and just gave me some great gospel-centric uh, insights and wisdom. And so uh, we're going to dive right into that middle of that conversation. You won't hear me ask the question. We're going to dive right into Mike's words. It may feel a little awkward to kind of jump right into that, but uh, but I really believe this is going to be really valuable for you. So enjoy the wisdom from Mike Adams. Quite frankly, I think grace scares us. I think it's so uncontrollable that it just scares us. It scares the bejesus out of us. And and so, you know, we look for other ways. We look for ways to control it. We start saying, yes, grace, but. And then whatever that but is is put in there, it immediately lowers grace to law. Mm. And be you know, whenever you whenever you have a grace but, you're 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 putting law, you're putting rules into this thing that's just free. Like you said, it's just free. Jesus I like to think of uh, Jesus' love for me as also affection. You know, Jesus is affectionate for me. Love, at least on a you know on a horizontal in our horizontal relationships, love has a sense of duty to it. You know, we are commanded in Scripture to love each other. I'm commanded in Scripture, Kenny, to love you, which I don't think would be hard at all. You know, from what I've seen of you, and you know, I'm ready to kind of hang out with you. So, you know, but there's a sense of duty. Mm. But when it comes to um, God's love for us, there's also, there's also a sense of, um, of him cherishing us. There's a sense of affection. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's evident in the incarnation. I think in the incarnation, you know, we see God's full-on commitment to, to love and, and um, show affection toward us in Jesus. Jesus came to show us the Father. You know, before Jesus came, you know, the thought was the Father's this harsh taskmaster. Jesus came and, and revealed a different Father to us. A Father who's full of compassion. A Father who is um, merciful. A Father who is full of affection based on nothing we do. You know, my, my heart wants to grab that, but my mind says no. My mind says no, 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 this, this can't be true. You know, this kind of grace goes to all the wrong people. And so this can't be true. There has to be something that, that, that you can do to add to that. But you know, the truth is there's nothing that we can do. When we think that there's something we can do, we've, we've lowered the law to something that we think is, is, is that we're able to accomplish. The Christian life is like, you know, in Matthew 25, with the, uh, you know, the end of the age there and the separation of the sheep and the goats where Jesus put the sheep on one side of him and, you know, or God put the sheep on one side and the goats on the other. And he, he turned to the sheep and he said, blessed are you and in, enter into the, uh, the kingdom that my father's prepared for you. And then he goes on and he says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. Well, the sheep's response is telling. The response of those sheep is, is, is extremely telling. They go, Lord, when did we do this? We have no recollection of this. Right. We don't know what you're talking about. And then Jesus went on and said, as much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. And you know what that says to me, Kenny? That says that the Christian life is just sheep being sheep. You know, they don't have a to-do list in Matthew 25. They didn't, have, they didn't have this list of things that they needed to accomplish to please God. They were just being sheep. Right. They were sheep doing sheep stuff. And that's the Christian life. And sometimes the pressure we put on each other to perform makes us look more like goats because the goats in that, in that story, 
had a certain expectation. They, they may have had a to-do list. I don't know. But they had this expectation that they were in, and they were surprised that they weren't. Yeah. But remember in the Sermon on the Mount, um, in chapter 5, right at the end of chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount, after Jesus is preaching this amazing sermon, here's God on a mountainside preaching a sermon about the kingdom. And um, right there at the end of chapter 5 in the book of Matthew, he sums it up, and he says, Therefore be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. That's the standard. God doesn't require progress. God requires perfection. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in everything I say, think, and do, every motive of my heart, he demands perfection. And that's designed to make you, to make you hit a wall. That's designed to make me hit a wall. Mm. And realize that, hey, I can't pull this off. I can't even begin to pull this thing off. Not even close. This is bigger than any of us. This is bigger than all of us put together. We can't pull this thing off. And so it's designed for us to hit a wall and realize that, hey, I need a substitute. Mm-hmm. I need someone to do it for me. And Jesus is that substitute. Jesus is the one who did love the Father perfectly all the time and still does. I can't do it. Jesus is the one that pulled this thing off for me. He's my substitute. You know, I've said, I've said on the podcast a few times, and I've blogged it a few times, you know, that, and I've been told that this scares some people, but I'm going to say it again. You know, God doesn't require progress. He requires a substitute. He doesn't require a goal. He requires a substitute. And so he didn't give us a goal. Mm. He didn't give us a goal. He doesn't require progress. He requires perfection. So he gave us a substitute and not a goal. And, and, and that's the Christian life. And, and I lived the opposite way for years. I thought I had a goal to get better, whatever that means. Hmm. And in the context of what it meant for me was um, that I, was, I thought I had to grow more independent of Jesus. I thought, it made, I thought it made God happy if I started growing stronger and more independent of Jesus. I would have never said it that way at the time. But looking back on it, functionally, that's exactly what I did for years. Mm. And I hit a wall because I couldn't be perfect as my Father in heaven is perfect. Jesus' affection for us is full on all the time. I love, I love that you're using the word affection there because I, I agree. I think the word love um, in our society, I think, is easily misunderstood, you know, um, People say, I love my wife or I love pizza and I love my favorite football team. I mean, we use that same love. Um, and so I, I think what you're saying there, like in spite of my own brokenness, he has affection for me. He, he likes me. He, he delights in me. Not like the cleaned up version of me. Like right. Me. Like, he, loves, he loves the messy you. Yeah. Um, uh, for those of you who, who are listening to this who don't know, um, Mike, you, you were a pastor for many years. Uh, planted multiple churches, and then in 2009, I believe, right, or 2010, um, and um, you, 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 you left uh, a vocational ministry position, kind of having this burnout season of your life, and much of your podcast, you talk a lot about just the, the journey since then, and the things that God has taught you, and I, I know that Susan, your wife, has shared quite a bit, very transparently, um, really, really cool, and, and that's been really healing for me, because um, I, I, I was on staff at a church, and uh, left that staff position um, about nine months ago or so, 
um, been through counseling, went through counseling. And I remember sitting with my counselor one day and he says, Kenny, what do you want? After a long conversation, I said, I want to make the gospel beautiful. I, like, I want people to see the gospel in me and to say, that's beautiful. And he said, don't you get it? The gospel's already beautiful. It doesn't need you to make it more beautiful. It, it doesn't need you to be clean to make it beautiful. The, the best thing you could do for people is just to let them see the gospel. And that is that it's this the message of a God who loves you and is affectionate about you, even though you're pretty screwed up. And and God still likes being with you. I think that's beautiful. Don't yeah. you? It, it struck me. And I, I hear you saying very similar things like, man, he, he thinks it's beautiful even when I'm not so pretty. You know, I, I, I like, I like what, you're, what you said there, Kenny. And, you know, I would just say that when, when I think about God's affection for me, you know, I always think about Susan and I. Um, you know, I love Susan. I, I'm obligated to her. Um, you know, I'm obligated to this institution of marriage. You know, these are obligations that I, I, gladly, I gladly accept. But beyond that, I'm affectionate toward her. And she's she's affectionate toward me, and we like to do things for each other. Yeah, <laughs> we like to surprise each other. We like to we like to do affectionate things. You know, there's there's no one else in the on the planet that I would rather hang out with than Susan, and that's because of the affection that we share, and it's that same affection that uh, that Jesus came to reveal that the Father has for us, that the Father is is affectionate toward us, the the real us, the messy us. That was Mike Adams from Gilbert, Arizona of the Chief Sinner Podcast. Uh, feel free to go check him out. Go to his website or look up the podcast on iTunes. Uh, you will not regret it. Mike's got some great insights. I just love, love the reminder uh, that God has affection for us, that he likes us, that he's He's into us. He delights in us. He likes spending time with us. He likes doing good things for us. God is not this angry God who feels obligated to show us some element of some form of robotic love. No, like God has this crazy affection for you and for me. And there's absolutely nothing that I can do to undo that. There's nothing I could do to cause him to love me more because his love and affection for me is at the maximum it could be. And, and there's nothing I could do to cause him to uh, love me or have affection for me less because it's unconditional. He is, he's all in on you and I. He is committed to loving us and being affectionate uh, to us and for us uh, no matter what we do. What an incredible truth. God desperately loves you. He 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 has affection for you. If you truly believe that, if you would truly embrace that, if you truly allow that to, to seep into your heart and your soul, Man, it will free you from guilt and shame, and it will transform your life, your relationships, your ministry, whatever, I, I promise. So, man, Mike Adams, thank you so much again for your your insights and, and your wisdom. Uh, we actually recorded a much longer conversation, so in future episodes, we're going to have portions of that same conversation again, and then, uh, in fact, I'm already planning to have Mike back on in future episodes, so he's going to be a, a staple regular guest of the Theology for the Rest of Us podcast uh, because I like him a lot. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of him. And I, I bet you're a, a pretty big fan of Mike Adams now as well. Uh, I sure hope that this podcast has been an encouragement to you and a blessing to you. If you'd like to connect with me, the best way to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Kenneth Ortiz. 
That's K-E-N-N-E-T-H-O-R-T-I-Z. I also tweet a lot. I've always got quotes going out, blog posts, a bunch of different resources. So feel free to connect with me there. Um, my main purpose of the account is both to be a resource to everyone who's following me, as well as being an easy platform to connect with anyone who, who'd like to connect with me. Our intro and outro theme music for this episode has been I'm Shipping Up to Boston by the Dropkick Murphys. I'm Kenny Ortiz, and this has been Theology for the Rest of Us. <laughs>